106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Nope. Mm -mm. Not black people. Black people barely taking the first vaccine. Shot number one, shot number two, da 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 da. Now you talking about a booster? Not black people. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Hi, Dr. Fauci. I was wondering if it's okay if I celebrate Christmas this year with my family. Am I allowed to do that? Can I do that, Dr. Fauci? Hi, Dr. Fauci. It's it's me again. I'm I'm kind of hungry. And I was wondering if it's okay if I eat something. Am I allowed to to eat something? Is that is that okay? Hi, Dr. Fauci. I was gonna do a load of laundry. Is is it okay? Am I allowed to do laundry? Is that is that okay? Hi, Dr. Fauci. Am I allowed to take a shower? Can I can I take a shower and do I take my mask off? When I take my shower, Dr. Fauci, I was going to go for a walk outside, and I'm outside right now, and I don't know if I can be outside. Dr. Fauci, is it okay for me to go outside? I just got in my car, and I realized I might not be allowed to drive. Dr. Fauci, can I drive? Am I allowed to drive my car, Dr. Fauci? Dr. Fauci, I... I I was gonna pet my dog, and I, I, I realized I don't know if I can. Do, is it okay to, to, to pet my dog, Dr. Fauci? Is it okay to brush my teeth, Dr. Fauci? I mean, could something get on my toothbrush and kill me? I, am I allowed to brush my teeth? Is it okay to get dressed, Dr. Fauci? I mean, can I change my clothes, Dr. Fauci? Can I have coffee, Dr. Fauci? Is, is it okay if I have some coffee? I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. Everybody's out of work or scared of losing their job. The dollar buys a nickel's worth. Banks are going bust. Shopkeepers keep a gun under the counter. Punks are running wild in the street. and There's nobody anywhere who seems to know what to do, and there's no end to it. We know the air is unfit to breathe and our food is unfit to eat. We sit watching our TVs while some local newscaster tells us that today we had 15 homicides and 63 violent crimes, as if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. It's like everything everywhere is going crazy, so we don't go out anymore. We sit in the house, and slowly the world we're living in is getting smaller, and all we say is, please, at least leave us alone in our living rooms. Let me have my toaster and my TV and my steel-belted radios, and I won't say anything. Just leave us alone. Well, I'm not going to leave you alone. I want you to get mad. I don't want you to protest. I don't want you to write. I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the Russians and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. So, I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window 
open it and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore. How do you do this? Lou Benninger. You're listening to No Hostages Radio. And this is our 132nd episode to be played beginning October 9th, 2021. So uh, we appreciate you listening. If it's your first time, we're going to do six segments, about 20 minutes each, with some uh, important uh, educational clips in between each one of them. So uh, a little over two hours of me speaking uh, about a variety of cultural and political topics. Thank you, if you uh, for uh, tuning in. Uh, a couple ways people find us. One, through their, host, uh, their uh, podcast source, and it would be No Hostages Radio. And the other folks find us sometimes at the end of newspaper articles I write. It tells if you want to learn more about what this guy's up to, you can go to NoHostagesRadio.com, which is our website where all the episodes live, as well as some of our, uh, or actually all of my articles I've written for a number of years now. Uh, so you can reach me a number of ways. One of them is through email at lou. L-O-U at NoHostagesRadio.com. And another way is to give me a text or call me, 530-713-1838. Again, 530-713-1838. I am on the left coast in California, northern California in Yuba County. So if you want to talk, keep that in mind, although I do make every effort to answer calls no matter what time they come in but uh, happy to hear uh, your feedback and also uh, a number of people uh, hold on I gotta turn off my phone gotta turn off the sound here a number of people uh, have started helping me and I I say that kindly and not sarcastically uh they began helping me by sending me materials that they think would be good uh, in the genre that we talk about that I may overlook. And certainly I do overlook a lot. There's a lot on 
uh, the internet and through various types of media. So I'm always welcome to send, send me an address or a clip, video clip or um, an article. Very helpful to me. And sometimes I've already seen them, but, but many times I think, oh, I like this. I'm glad they sent that to me. So many people uh, that I've never met, they just send, send me stuff as well as those that have, uh, I have had a friendship with them for many years. And now some live here, some live elsewhere. Uh, okay, so there, there's some other things going on uh, that you might be interested in. One is we do a live show on Saturday, um, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., live with Lou. Uh, there is also a Facebook page, Live with Lou, that's connected to that. And so I post articles and recordings. Of the podcast, this podcast will be over there at Live with Lou. Uh, Facebook page some people say I don't know how you are allowed to stay on Facebook actually I don't either but I'm just uh, I'm trying to be get along with people and just post my stuff and not make a big deal about it and so far that's that's worked out Uh, let's see if I've covered everything I think I have okay so again this goes up on 10-9 uh, we're, we're doing this a couple days ahead of time, which is our habit. And then Tanner Martis down in Texas takes what I say and puts it together with a script and uh, puts it on the Internet, makes it really sound, it makes it sound really good. So I uh, hope you enjoy it. Um, <clears throat> I want to mention right away, since it's just around the corner, and uh, when you if you hear this, this uh, show when it comes up on 10-9, there is a, for the last year and a half during the COVID tragedy, uh, the Church of Glad Tidings refused to close in Sutter County, uh, just north of Yuba City, and they began to have conferences there uh, to help people understand what was going on and what maybe their options were in in responding to it. So the first one was a conference on the Constitution. And the second one and the third one were free and brave conferences where there were a variety of speakers over two and a half days, uh, medical, attorneys, political, uh, just uh, amazing people from all over the United States. And so one of the fellows that was at the last conference was a doctor from Portland, Oregon, named Henry Ely, E-L-E-A-L-Y. So recently, Henry Ely has wanted to put on a conference called the COVID Conference or COVIDCon 21. Uh, is another way to say it, COVIDCon 21. COVID Conference they call it the Solution Summit. <clears throat> and so um, it's starting at Glad Tidings on October 14th, 15th, and 16th. You could go to a website called COVIDCon21, the numbers 21, COVIDCon21.com. And uh, it is really a nice little website uh, on the Glad Tidings website. They didn't have, I couldn't find, there was photos of the speakers, but I couldn't find 
a write-up on them. But on the COVIDCon website, if you scroll down, uh, you can read about the people that are coming, and they're really amazing. So uh, it's given you an opportunity to uh, attend in person, and there is a charge for that. It explains online what the charge is, and it's, the charge is go- the money is going to offset some of the costs of these people traveling here. But a lot of it goes to education and turning things around. And uh, so what I'll just read this to you. It's pretty, pretty exciting. He said, what makes COVIDCon unique among conferences is that in addition to getting information you can trust, you also get to make an immediate difference. Your registration fees will fund unbiased science and education as well as expert legal and legislation action coordinated to fight for you and your family's future freedom. What began as as two weeks to flatten the curve has morphed into blatant fear-mongering, unethical mandates for experimental products that are neither safe nor effective, and a state of emergency with no end in sight despite a 99.6% recovery rate in Americans under 65 as confirmed by the Centers for Disease Control. We won't be able to vaccinate our way out of this out of this uh, situation. Safe and effective treatments do exist. An ounce of nutritional prevention is still worth a pound of cure. And this is no longer an emergency. It's time to bring the best and the brightest doctors, scientists, attorneys, journalists, activists, and elected officials together so we can say in one voice, never again. So right under that, there is registration and event details. So there's just uh, about six and a half days before this kicks off here in Yuba City. Uh, So you can also attend online October 14th for free. So uh, it said be our special online guest for COVIDCon 21, October 14th. So that's the first day and get free live stream access for an all day pass to part of the solution and make history. So it's probably there's uh, there's other opportunities to dip in maybe for some costs. But I, I was originally told at at a announcement at Glad Tidings that the charge was one hundred dollars to attend, which is a, honestly to steal. to get to go to this. Now, let me tell you some of the people that are coming, which are just, they're rock stars in the medical and other fields. Dr. Peter McCullough, who is the top, uh, the most published heart uh, specialist in the world at this time and in history, they say. Uh, He is the head of medical down at Baylor University uh, and uh, also a renal or kidney specialist, renal specialist. Peter McCullough was, you, you've probably seen YouTube clips of him online uh, talking to Congress or some committee about there's no, he didn't understand why we just didn't treat this, allowing normal doctors to just treat it like they do the normal cold or the flu. And uh, very, very bright guy and is highly published. And it's if you've ever heard him speak, you'll want to hear him speak in person. The second person that I had the privilege of picking up and delivering back to the airport at the last conference is Dr. David Martin. And uh, he, he wrote the Fauci dossier. Uh, by the way, McCullough wrote or, or is a part or runs the Truth for Health Foundation, the Truth for Health Foundation. Then there's Pam Popper with Make Americans Free Again, Kevin Jenkins, Urban Global Health Alliance, 
George Wentz, Esquire, uh, an attorney with Davalier uh, Law Group. He's going to make a presentation on informed consent law. Oh, I'm skipping over some stuff here. So uh, McCullough is going to make a presentation on evidence-based early treatment. That's going to be amazing. Martin is going to talk about patent law and the Bill of Rights. So he's been studying not just patents like, oh, I made a new mousetrap, but the patents on the COVID vaccines and the COVID illness itself, which his company takes care of. Popper, Pam Popper is going to talk about building a health care coalition. Uh, maybe that's going to be an alternative to uh, using your typical health care approach. And, you know, where they told doctors they couldn't give hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. Uh, Kevin Jenkins is going to talk about end medical apartheid. These are really good topics. Uh, Wentz is going to talk about informed consent law. Did, were you really informed uh, to get your consent on the jab? Senator Dennis Lenticum, Oregon legislator, uh, was will be there presenting filing grand jury petitions. So if you've ever been wanted wanted to get more out of your grand jury, that would be uh, listening to Senator Lenticum filing grand jury petitions. Dr. James Lyons Wheeler, he's with the Institute for Pure and Applied Knowledge. His presentation is going to be next generation of COVID testing. Dr. Henry Ely, uh, who's coordinating everything. I've, I've heard him speak before. He's a very good speaker. And also David Martin is amazing. Energetic Health Institute. That's his, uh, his group. And he's going to make a presentation on evidence-based prevention. Now, there's some encore presentations that I think are really cool. And free information is going to be available. So... Uh, let's see. And it may have to do with, uh, things like, are you fed up with your children being masked in school? Uh, is your employer attempting to man to mandate without fulfilling informed consent and do evidence-based prevention strategies and early treatments, uh, exist anyway uh you can sign up online and you can uh do that through covid con c-o-n c-o-v-i-d c-o-n 21.com i highly recommend it i think you'll meet some amazing people throughout the state of california maybe uh, a number of states that you may uh, stay in contact with and benefit from so let me go back over to my other sheet. <clears throat> I wanted to just checking my my screen's not working the same way it normally does. Always a little <clears throat> twists and turns in technology. I wanted to mention uh, if if you're freaking out about your school situation, you have your kids in the government schools and you're freaking out. And I just got. Uh, a packet that was given out to Kynock Elementary School teachers. And it's saying that their children, uh, 
the students are going to have to be masked in the class. Now that to me is not only stupid, it's, it's uh, mentally and physically unhealthy for the children. And they say that the reason they're doing it, they don't say it's not based on science or is based on science. They just say we're doing what the government tells us to do. That's, that's a whole deal. He said this is required by the government's governor's executive order. This, this has nothing to do with the state legislature. They did not vote on this. Kevin Kiley, um, who's a, uh, a uh, assembly member, that's uh, his location is over here in Rockland and uh, Placer County. He has said very publicly over and over, you do not have to follow the government's executive order. It's not law. We are supposed to follow the law, not executive orders. And even though it, it, it says here, oh, it was upheld by the California Supreme Court. Honestly, you know, they've they, the, the Supreme Court of the United States has held all kinds of crazy things, like it's all right to sell human beings called slaves, and it's all right to murder your baby. So uh, it's also saying here that if you're a staff member and uh, you they're allowing at Marysville Joint Unified School Districts uh, people to submit uh, a, a waiver or an exemption, a religious exemption. Now, one of the things that they've been doing once you submit that exemption is they've been asking for an oral interview as if they want to debate your closely held or privately held beliefs. And um, so, but if they're, they're acknowledging here that they're going to have staff members that are vaccinated and unvaccinated. But here's the deal. If you're vaccinated, uh, when you're in class with the students, you have to have your mask on. That's what this is saying. It's totally crazy, even though you're vaccinated. Uh, so that's that's that. And uh, so, by the way, they're going to have a, a board meeting coming up on October 12th, if you're interested in that. And... Uh, it doesn't it's it's going to be an in-person board meeting but it does give some live stream live stream information so i i assume that if you're going to that school um you you'll know what's going on it says according in accordance with the california department of public health mask guidance marysville requires the use of medical, surgical, and two-fabric layer masks in all indoor spaces for all persons who are, who are not fully vaccinated with limited exceptions outlined in our guidance. And then it says all persons are required. All, 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 all. All just means all. That's all all means. All persons are required to wear a mask indoors when school is in session. So in other words, when school isn't in session, there's wiggle room on the mask deal. Uh, vaccinated persons are not required to wear a mask covering in indoor MJUSD spaces when schools are not in session. But when they are in session, it doesn't matter whether you've been jabbed 40 times. You're going to put that mask on, baby, because they want compliance. I'm talking about the state of California. And basically, the low, the, these lower committees, boards, boards of supervisors, school boards, these people are 
are not your leaders. They are just simply taking orders, just like in communist countries, from the people upstairs. They don't have to. They are not laws. If they're legislative laws, then they have to follow the laws until they uh, over, you know, fi- uh, file some sort of, sort of an action uh, that it's unconstitutional, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? So <clears throat> all, all we have right now in a lot of these boards are people that are just going along. They're, they're doing this to get money. That's what the whole thing is. If they don't mask the kids, then there's money that's going to stop. So, uh, okay. I, there, I think there was one other thing in here that maybe they were going to talk about. But you have to decide whether you're going to try to get an exemption for your kid on that mask situation, right? The mask is full of disease, and uh, it's going to cause your kid have, to have health problems. You know, it's it's so interesting to me. We are People are willing to sacrifice their health at a drop of a hat, as someone once said. People just go get the jab. Why? Because then they can, like in Vietnam, a friend of mine got the jab. He'd already had COVID. He had, resi- he had antibodies. He went and got the jab because in Vietnam they said, you can't travel, you can't do this, you can't do that, can't do the other thing. So he went and got the jab, and he's dead. Died two weeks later. In other words, he got sick immediately, laid in the hospital with a coma, and uh, died two weeks later. Did I tell you he was physically fit, not obese? 29 years of age, never had any health problems. I want you to think about that. So it may be that if you can't get along with the school district, you want, want to move your child, or you could do homeschooling. And so moving your child to a private school is going to cost you some money. Um, But they're going to get a better education than they get far better than you're going to you're going to miss out on transsexual story time. Uh, There are books in the public school system you can check out right now that have pornographic material in them. I'm talking about the type of situations they describe in these books sexual situations and i can't describe them on the radio on my radio program because the f f uh the uh fcc federal communications commission will fine the owner of the station but they can they can put them in the library and they can teach them in the class but you can't talk about it on public radio and the other day i was watching uh, a YouTube station, a YouTube video. And, uh, well, let's see, I need to take my first break here. I'm a little over, so I'm going to take a quick break and be right back. Uh, I, I, I'm sorry, but what what did you just say? Yes, 
I said we will be flagging problematic posts for Facebook that spread disinformation. So, uh, isn't that a violation of our First Amendment? Just, I, I'm sorry, the, the, the fir First Amendment? Yeah, the, the First Amendment of, of our Constitution. It says the government cannot censor our, our, our speech. We, the people's speech. We're allowed to speak freely and the government can't, can't censor us. It's, it's a violation of, of, a, of the Constitution to, to do that. The, the Constitution? I, I'm sorry, I, I'm, I'm just not, I'm not, I'm not familiar at all with, uh, with, the, with, the, with the Constitution. Um, is, is, is anyone else in here familiar with, with the Constitution? I, anybody? It looks like you're the only one uh, that that's familiar with the Constitution. So, are you are you, are you joking? Are you guys are you guys are you guys punking me? Is this is this a prank? Is this a joke? Tell me tell me this is a tell me this is a joke. Uh, no, this is, this is not a joke. <laughs> this is very much real. We, the government, will be censoring speech. And we will be deciding what is and is not misinformation. I mean, we're here to protect you. This is for your safety. This is for your own good. We, we know what's best for you, okay? This is not a prank. <laughs> I'm Kara Frederick at the Heritage Foundation. I helped create and lead the counterterrorism analysis team in global security at Facebook headquarters in Menlo Park, California. What I learned from being in the belly of the beast of Silicon Valley is that these companies have so many resources at their fingertips, but they're primarily concerned with three things, their bottom line, growth at all costs, as well as their brand and reputation. What they're trying to do is protect these three things and all of the decisions that they make flow from these three priorities. Censorship is not just confined to social media. Look at banks with Chase Bank. Look at online fundraising platforms with Kickstarter. Look at email delivery services with MailChimp. All of these services are being withdrawn from people with conservative viewpoints. Put a foot wrong and you might find yourself unable to bank. Put a foot wrong and you're not gonna be allowed to have your book advertised on Amazon's platform. Put a foot wrong and the movie that you've supported and made is not gonna be able to be supported or even distributed among these services. So it's not just these social media platforms that are targeting conservatives for viewpoint and political suppression. It is an array of digital services that are slowly being withdrawn from individuals and organizations within America and constricting our daily lives that are taking on more and more digital characteristics. Every American, not just conservatives, should be concerned about this because right now they're coming for specific conservative viewpoints, but tomorrow they're gonna come for you. They've already got heterodox individuals and organizations in their crosshairs. Whatever doesn't conform to the progressive leftist ideology that's been blessed off by Hollywood, big corporations, the academy, and big government is going to be at risk. Conservatives are on the front lines and taking most of the blows from big tech. 
but regular Americans are people who just want to have a business on Instagram, people who just want to get their message out on Facebook. They are in the crosshairs of these big tech companies if their views don't conform to what is progressive leftist ideology. Do you think parents should be in charge of their child's education as the primary stakeholder? I believe parents are important stakeholders, but I also believe primary. educators have a role in determining uh, educational programming. And I think that's going to be a little out of focus, what I think you're going to find across all elements of education, since they pay the bills, they raise the kids, they probably need to be the primary uh, spokespeople for their own kids' good education. There's a man who leads a life of danger To everyone he meets, he stays a stranger In every move he makes, another chance he takes Odds are he won't live to see tomorrow So I was just saying that uh, I was watching a YouTube clip and a mother was speaking to the school board and began to talk about these books that are freely available in the library and in fact are spoken out of or taught out of in the public schools. And the chairman of the board tried to stop her because it was inappropriate to speak about that in public because there were kids in the audience. It was the most crazy thing I've ever heard. They're available to children, students, and yet because there were students in the in the school board meeting, it 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 was it's crazy what's going on. It's crazy. And then we get into critical race theory, which is saying that you have to identify either as a person that's been oppressed or an oppressor. And so um, white people, particularly white males, are always going to be oppressors. It's also going to lead to segregated classes and on and on and on. You're going to have to study it for yourself. Sometimes I play clips. In fact, I think I have one today, and they can explain it faster and clearer than I can. So I just, I don't, I'm not redundant. If I can get it done in four minutes with them, I'd let, let them do it. Here's the deal. It, the easy out with the public education system is to leave it. Randy Thomason with save, uh, California.org has been saying that literally for 10, 10 to 15 years with all the pornographic and sexual nonsense. You're going to miss so much stuff by removing them from school that your children, it's kind of like removing all the poison from their life and toxicity from their life and, and filling that with goodness and richness and uh, stimulating intellectual pursuits. And you're going to do it with a lot less time than you do with what's wasted on school. Now, if you go the homeschool route, I was out at, uh, Church of Glad Tidings doing a project the other day, and uh, they have these weekly arrow education meetings out there. They're free. 
There are people from all over the community. You do not have to belong to something, join anything. You don't have to be a member of Glad Tidings Church. They're just using that facility for a facilitating spot to help homeschool parents do better and to provide whatever answers they need to the questions they have. And in, in, in that day to, uh, that they work together out at, uh, I think it's every Wednesday maybe, um, they do fun games, athletics, they do some education, all kinds of things. So I think the other day they had about 90 people, uh, 90 uh, students out there from home, various homeschool situations. The other thing that they've started here at uh, the John and Vicki Tade T-A-D-E, they used to teach in the Yuba City Unified School System until they just couldn't take it anymore for all the reasons I just gave you. And they uh, they are now, they've started a school. They were going to locate it somewhere, but they couldn't find somewhere to locate it. But they needed to start it because so many parents were saying, I got to take my kids out of school and I don't think I can homeschool right now. So they have started embassy private educational center at the church of glad tidings uh just north of yuba city it started on the 21st of september you can still add your child or children and uh, i'll let you look it up so i don't take too much time on announcements but but this is you know the reason i'm doing this show is to inform you so you can make better choices i'm not going to tell you what to do but I'm going to give you good information so you can make good decisions for yourself and bring information to you that probably you haven't heard before. <laughs> so it, here's a website that you can go to and look up what Embassy Private Educational Center, or they call it EPIC for short, uh, all about the costs, the the days of the week, the times of the day, how much it costs, all that, their philosophy, how to get a hold of them, all that kind of stuff. But I'm going to give you a heads up, okay? Go to Church of Glad Tidings, churchofgladtidings.com, and then just take your, take your arrow or your cursor and just run it over the top of a, a term called ministries. And when you do that, there'll be a drop-down occur, and then just slip down to Epic or Embassy Private Education Center, Educational Center, and click on that, and that'll give you all the information you need, and you can even fill out an uh, online form and enroll your child and see if there's still room in that particular class. So there's classes that have room. There's classes that are full. So uh, you can also dial them up at 671 3160 extension 247 so again they're in Sutter County so some of you are listening outside the area so if you're listening from other states I'm I'm you need to pursue you know one of the wonderful things when I years ago when I was raising children or having children that were in school it there were some homeschoolers but it was very difficult because there was no internet and now the resources on the internet, in addition to the written resources or uh, other variety of resources for education, are just phenomenal. Just absolutely phenomenal. You could have, you could dial up the best math teacher in the world to tutor your child. So wonderful, wonderful resources. And so you can also email the people at Epic, at, 
with EPEC. If you have a particular question after looking at the website, EPEC at churchofgladtidings.com. Okay, so I hope that helps you. So then you there 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 are other uh, private schools in the area. There are a number of private schools in the area, and so my feeling is, you know, even if all of them were full, there's still a need for more private schools or uh, maybe coordinated efforts for homeschoolers. I think the number of homeschoolers they say doubled during the COVID year or year and a half. Uh, when it, when it was in full force, Could, and and it makes sense, right? Because people didn't know whether they were ever going to get their kids back in school, and we're still not confident that your kids are going to be back in school for the, you know, they can make all kinds of new rules. So let's see. I also uh, let's see let's see what the dates are here. I wanted to look something up. Okay. So all right. So. There's a. I'm t- I talk to people all the time, just like you do, and a lot of the discussions are Lou. I w- what are we going to do? You know those kind of discussions, or <clears throat> I'm going to leave the state of California, or what are we going to do about this? What are we going to do about the federal, state, da 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 da? I'm not. You know I I've told my friends that are I have a lot of friends in a lot of different realms of life, not all church people, but the church folks that I end up having conversations with, I always remind them when they say, I think I'm going to move to this state, that state, the other state. I say, Hey, let's make sure that you find out what God's will is for your life, because God's will is not necessarily what, what uh, your will is. And uh, it's not necessarily the easiest way. So, and you can find plenty of accounts in the Bible about God put some of his brightest and best right in the midst of crazy situations, whether it was living in Egypt, whether it was living in Babylon, and uh, and his people that are faithful to him always rise to the top and do well, even if it's in a really screwy culture. Like, for instance, you read about Babylon, you read about Daniel in Babylon, and they didn't know the language, they didn't like the food, they, you know, they were just, it was a different culture, right? It was a, it'd be same if you you were a one language person, like English, and they dropped you, with, they, they uh, moved you to China, because they took over the United States, and they moved you to China, and, and that's where you were going to be for a while. Well, it'd be t- entirely different food, different culture, different language, that's what happened to Daniel. But my point is that you want to be where God wants you to be. And so, uh, but people are saying, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. What should we do? They get all frustrated and spin out intellectually. So I have encouraged, been encouraging people for a long time to get involved in your local situation. You live on a block. You live in a precinct. You live in a county. And we may not, particularly in Northern California, if all of us, all of us in Northern California, the 20, say if we say 24 counties are in the north, if we, in the, I call it the rural north, if we all, 100% of us voted for a particular issue or candidate and just L.A. County in the south voted against us, against it, 
they would win every time because the preponderance of population is in these big, big uh, population centers in California. So we really need two states, but we don't have two states. So what do we do in the meantime? Wouldn't it be great if we had a state and we could just run the state totally different than the, than Calif- Southern California does? I don't have uh, a strong in- antagonism or bitterness about people in Southern California. I just don't want to be – I'm not living down there. I'm living in the north. And in the way the Constitution was originally written – it was to give us the ability to direct our own lives through the political situation. And uh, northerners in California would prefer to have a much freer life, less regulated, than a lot of people are fine with in Southern California. And my feeling is hallelujah to them. If they want that, great, they can have that. So I wanted to... uh, remind you that you can get involved locally our constitution and the founding fathers never ever uh felt that this government and this country would work if people just sat around and voted for somebody and hoped that they made the right choices that was never in the cards and uh and the reason we're in our the pickle we are today is because many, 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 many Americans have decided to just sit back, watch television, which is horrible, and do nothing, and then complain about it. In fact, even I've been involved in church for about—I wasn't raised in church, but I, I converted to follow Jesus when I was 21, almost 22. Um, and so— it was interesting to me that when you read in the Bible that God's people were supposed to be salt and light on the earth. In other words, salt being a preservative, light light being lighting the way, we're supposed to have influence on the earth. And how would we ever do that if we never are involved in politics? Because politics is what the policies are that guide our every move. So I'm suggesting to you that you get involved in your local city or your local county, or whatever they call it, wherever you're located, province, or um, I, th- there are other terms that are used. Get involved. If there's a place where you can volunteer to be on a board, on a planning commission, or run run for office, please do that. Go to the supervisors meeting. Go to the city council meetings. Uh, maybe if you can even watch them on live stream or Zoom, if you have those kind of that kind of technology. Listen, get involved and look for candidates and encourage them to run and support the candidates to run that you think would make good, wholesome, conservative, godly decisions. Now, one of the groups that has just totally turned itself around is the Yuba County Republican Central Committee. And for years, that group had been poisoned by Senator Jim Nielsen by putting one of his staff members in so James Gallagher, he's an assemblyman and uh, in our area, and Senator Nielsen, who's a senator for our area, had this concept that they'll just uh, take over these central committees and put their staff members in charge, and it totally ruined them. And and they the uh, Heater family ended up running the Yuba County Republican Central Committee for years, and it did nothing. 
it's supposed to recruit candidates, vet candidates, get the vote out, uh, register people to vote. They didn't do anything. So some folks went over and had called them and said, when's your next meeting? Oh, well, we haven't been really meeting very regularly. Anyway, they ended up going to a meeting and they ended up getting on the board and the heaters ended up resigning. So now there's a brand new Yuba County Republican Central Committee. And I, I use the term Republican really loosely here. <laughs> These people that are on this committee are not the typical California Republican, which is a a really a very liberal person back in the 1960s. So please join this group. Now you don't have to, you don't have to be a voting member. They want five voting members from each supervisorial district in Yuba County. You could be one of those. If you could apply to be on that, on that committee or when election comes up, they people run for the office, be involved they're going to we need to work together to vote and elect people that reflect our views and that's only going to happen by doing some work hard work and and phone calling getting signs out registering people to vote going over and uh being involved in the voting process lots of those things so this is a good going group i'm going to tell you when they're, they're going to meet this coming tuesday it's the second Tuesday of each month. They meet at the Hallwood Community Church at 2825 Highway 20, Marysville. That's just east of the Marysville city limits. They, the meeting starts at 7, but they have a little social get-together at 630. And uh, you could call them at 530-777-5021. Please go. There's some really fine people that are joining together that are very sincere, real conservatives, and and they want to make a difference. Now, listen, if the whole state goes goofy, there's no reason you've been Sutter counties has to go goofy. It does not. And if you're in another county uh, in this area, like Butte, Placer, Glen, Calusa, uh, you can do the same in your county, right? And you might use the, the Republican Central Committee or you might have some other groups. Now, there's a group that, that meets uh, once a month. You can check out the, the dates at freedomco.net. It stands for Freedom Coalition Network, but the website is freedomco.net. And you could call them if you need any help in whatever county you're at. It doesn't, it's not just Yuba and Sutter counties, but it is a, basically a California networked operation. But you can get, you know, we've been getting all kinds of calls about, I just got a call, seemed like yesterday, about, hey, I need to get um, a religious exemption for the, for the shot. I don't want to take the shot. So the uh, freedomco.net, the person that's running that is a lady named Courtney Ortega, and she can be reached at 5306 seven one three one six zero and then you could just go auto attendant courtney ortega and uh but you can go on the website freedomco.net and you could check it out it'll it'll it's an amazing website uh, so what i'm talking about to you as i'm trying to prod you a little bit poke you a little bit needle you a little bit to get involved somewhere and do something that seems like it fits you some of you do write letters letters to uh, 
congressmen and and all those kind of things. But listen, there's nothing uh, like getting a brand new candidate and pushing somebody that's just not getting it done out, pushing them out. So Yuba County Republican Central Committee this coming Tuesday, that's the second Tuesday of the month. And uh, let me, I'll just give you the date here. Uh, let's see. It'll be the 12th, okay? The 12th. And uh, check that out. Okay. Um, all right, I'm going to take a break here. And this is the end of our second segment, and we'll be right back. As I walk along, I wonder what went wrong with our love, the love so strong. And as I still walk on, I think of the things we've done together. Have you ever debated Jesse Jackson? No, I haven't. Is that because, would you like to, or would he not want to do that? I have no idea. I have no idea. Uh, I've You'd seen be wa- willing to, I assume. Oh, I, it, maybe. I don't, I don't know. Uh, you think that's too much showbiz? It is. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a, there are people who go out and do this, and I, I'm doing less and less of it. And I tell them the story of an, of an African uh, boxing champion who fought an Irishman in St. Patrick's Day, Day in Dublin. And he lost his title on what the sports writers called a questionable decision. (laughs) 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 And so you have to know what forum you're talking about. I I saw Shelby Steele on with him, and I said, you know, if Jesse Jackson and Shelby Steele each had to present a two-hour lecture to an audience with an average IQ of 120, Shelby would wipe him out. But if they had five seconds each on Donahue, it would be Jesse Jackson all the way. So everything depends upon the forum. Uh, Is Jesse Jackson good for African Americans or not? He's, He's not. good for himself. Good for himself. And that's true of most ethnic leaders in most groups in most countries in most periods of history. That what will, make, what will serve his interest is to keep people paranoid, dependent upon him, dependent upon government. What will serve their interest is typically just the opposite. That's pretty interesting. So you're saying that the, the leaders, whatever group, yeah. whatever yeah. leader, wants the people to be poor and dependent on them as opposed to dependent on themselves. Oh, absolutely. And I, I, you see this in the greatest cynicism in the academic world, where in many places, uh, black uh, organizations on campus have a say on who gets admitted. And they have turned down blacks with excellent credentials, both as students and as faculty members, uh, for that very reason. Thank you for having me uh, speak. My name is Keisha King. I'm a mom of two, one who's in the Duval County public school system, and one in private school, thanks to school choice. I'm also a member of Moms for Liberty, uh, representing thousands of parents. Just coming off of May 31st, marking the 100 years of the Tulsa riots, it is sad that we are even contemplating something like critical race theory, where children will be separated by their skin color and deemed permanently oppressors or oppressed in 2021. That is not teaching the truth, unless you believe that whites are better than blacks. I have personally heard teachers teaching CRT, and we have had an assembly shut down because Duval County Public School System consultant thought it would be a great idea to separate students by race. This is unacceptable. CRT is not racial sensitivity or simply teaching unfavorable American history or teaching Jim Crow history. CRT is deeper and more dangerous than that. CRT and its outworking today is a teaching that there is a hierarchy in society where white, male, heterosexual, able-bodied people are deemed the oppressor and anyone else outside of that 
uh, status is oppressed. That's why we see corporations like Coca-Cola asking their employees to be less white, which is ridiculous. I don't know about you, but telling my child or any child that they are in a permanent oppressed sta uh, status in America because they are black is racist, and saying that white people are automatically above me, my children, or any child is racist as well. This is not something that we can stand for in our country. And don't take it from me, look at the writers of these types of uh, publications. Our ancestors, white, black, and others hung, bled, and died right alongside each other to push America towards that more perfect union. If this continues, we will look back and be responsible for the dismantling of the greatest country in the world by reverting to teaching hate and that race is a determining factor on where your destiny lies. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. My name is Ray, and I escaped socialism in Cuba, windsurfing across the ocean for 10 hours. If socialism were that good, do you think all these people were really escaping Cuba? Socialism ruins people's life. I can't believe there's Americans that want that for us here. This is the thing, socialism looks beautiful in a book, and, uh, but, and it might taste even good in the first year or so when you're implementing it, but then things start rotting. This memory is core my brain. My mom breaking down furniture to make fire. We were destroying our own furniture to boil potatoes. In Cuba, eating a lobster is illegal. You go diving, you grab one lobster, you can get six years in jail. But the government gets them by boats, by tons. All the policemen in Cuba will live way better than us. All the government, not even mention that, way better. The elite, they live in a bubble. That's socialism for you. One day I got enough, grabbed my move, wind suffering equipment, went to a very isolated side of the, of the city with the with a straight shot to the ocean, away from the bay, and I took off. And I remember reaching the conclusion, and this is a, this is a, this is a messed up part that you, if you want socialism, you should wonder about this. You should wonder why I reached the conclusion that dying there would be even better than ever be back. I'd reached the conclusion that I would take the decision to put my head under the water and take three deep breaths of water, and I would die drowning with a big smile on my face because I knew I was free. This is the first time in my life I was free. I get picked up at the Coast Guard boat, I get sent back to Cuba, and I get my paperwork from the U.S. Embassy, interest section, and I, uh, it took me three years of processing the case, uh, exchanging mail, uh, going to the, to the capital in Havana and submitting my paperwork. In uh, September 2007, I came to the U.S. as a political refugee. Keep in mind, this is my first flight ever. I've never been on a plane before, and uh, uh, here I am. By the, time I, by the time the plane is approaching New York City, it is at night already, it's dark. Seeing that, I was amazing, very impressive. So that very first day in 2007, after landing in New York, my friends took me to this restaurant. And you have to keep in mind, beef is also illegal in Cuba. An eatable item, illegal. And I'm sitting there and I'm having in front of me this maybe a pound and a half cheeseburger with another humango side of fries on the side. And uh, I can't avoid, it's a, it's a mix of feelings because I, I'm, I'm feeling grateful that I'm here able to eat a piece of meat. And uh, at the same time, I feel guilt because people are going to prison for that. And my family can't even eat that. And I'm, I'm sitting there sending away half of the plate because I can't finish it. And up to this point today, I think I'm gonna kill myself about stuffing food down my throat because I, I cannot send food back to the trash. I, 
I refuse to do that. And that's my fight all the time with my kids today. That's another thing that I'm afraid of and scared of, that they're gonna grow up, yeah, with the stories, but it's not gonna be the same, that living it. Of how lucky they are of being here, something that simple as a piece of meat. They will, in other places, in, in a socialist place, it will get you to jail. And now we are here and these liberals are trying to fed us down the throat and Bernie Sanders, a freaking guy, a guy that's friend with the Castro and talking beautiful things about the Cuban system. I was there, I sucked it up. Why Bernie Sanders failed to tell you that? That you can go to prison in Cuba for eating something. That, how? I don't like hands out. So I always wanted to be a part of the service. And I went to the army. I enlisted in 2010, and I got the opportunity to serve a year in Afghanistan. I own my life and my kids' life and the future that they can have to this nation. And I, that's where I went in service, to feel and be able to tell anybody that can challenge that around me that I earned it. Nobody gave me anything. I earned it. I earned my right to vote. I earned my right to speak. And I earned my right to tell you right now why socialism sucks. want to um, shift a little bit. Well, it's still on community involvement. There's been a lot of uh, people going to city council. I'm just speaking at you, but Sutter counties, but I think it's probably true in a lot of states in, in, uh, in our nation. I can't say every state, but I've noticed a few states that are highly represented, but it usually is, is triggered uh, by trouble uh, that's perceived by citizens or parents. And so there's been a lot of hot discussion at school board meetings around the United States regarding critical race theory because it's racist. And this incredible uh, how should I say I'm, I'm looking for a word where your focus is stuck on sexual stuff. In, in our public education system, there seems to be a real uh, focus, a fixed focus on sex and on gender and on switching genders and telling little girls and little boys they may be just the opposite from what their plumbing tells them. And there's a focus on sex education and abortion and even anti-religious. It's almost like I've talked to some, some principals that are friends of mine, and I said, you know, the school system seems like a religious-free zone. Every once in a while, principals throw kids out of school for carrying their Bible, bringing a Bible to school to do show and tell or something. And so the school has actually been an unhospitable place for kids that are normal what am i mean by normal i mean kids that just went to school got you know mom sent them dad sent them 
both mom and dad sent them. They come home at night, they study, you know, they're just, they're not off into any wild stuff. They're not doing drugs. They're not smoking weed. They're, they're parents. They're just American parents. And yet there's an agenda to convince people that capitalism is evil and communism is just a wonderful thing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Show kids how to install condoms, talk about anal sex, talk about oral sex, all that kind of stuff. So there's, in fact, there's been uh, schools that have actually forbidden any kind of teaching about Christianity, but they teach a lot about Islam. And they then uh, teach kids how to practice Islam, the tenets of Islam, prayer rugs, get down, pray, all that kind of stuff. So parents have a right to be concerned. So now with all this stuff going on with critical race theory, et cetera, et cetera, uh, people, people's interests are really piqued. And um, so recently, our most recent fiasco, although they don't come chronological like one after another, we have a situation where uh, they're insisting on masks. Or at one time, they were insisting on temperature checks, stand six feet apart, don't touch anybody, making kids feel like they were in prison, which they were in prison. They just weren't calling it prison, but that's how they treat you in prison. And so recently, <clears throat> with this debate over the mandated vaccine, first of, all, first of all, a mandate is not from the legislature. Remember, Governor Newsom is running the state like a dictator. And uh, mandates are kind of su- suggestions. They don't have the the power of law behind them. So there's been all this debate, like like uh, the Wheatland School District, uh, the, the superintendent down there said, we, we don't want to do masks. Yeah, we heard what you said about it, but we'd rather not do that, so we're going to pass on that. I don't know how that's working out for them. But th- now there's this big thing about the COVID jab, Right. So it it seems like Americans are under the spirit of delusion. They can't figure out how great of a deal it is to get COVID and recover from COVID 99.6% of the time. Would you be happy to get cancer and recover 99.6% of the time or diabetes or syphilis, right? Or Parkinson's Parkinson degrees, Parkinson degrees. Uh, sorry, disease. Uh, what other ones that you in, just think of any disease, any ailment. And then if I told you, oh, no biggie, 99.6% recovery rate, you, you'd feel good, good about that, right? But instead of that, we're playing all these what I call COVID political agenda games. And so now we have the uh, Dr. Lou, or, or I call her Joseph Mengele Lou who was the famous person in Germany, the doctor that experimented on thousands of thousands and thousands. I think he experimented on 1,300 sets of twins. He was weird. He was corrupt. He was bizarre. And they, he, he escaped hanging, but he ended up supposedly dying of a stroke. But he got to live out his life. I felt sad about that. So uh, now we have uh, the... 
schools, the school systems, along with the health department, introducing shots to schools. And supposedly young people all the way down to 12 in some schools can actually okay getting the shot, which I think is just bizarre. And so at Britain School, where Stacy Kalin is the principal, they have a they have a teacher there, Wesley Schenken. We talked about this last week. And the reason I talk about this week is we haven't heard anything about it since then. You'd think since seven days goes by and they had hundreds of people call the school complaining about what they heard happened from a student in his classroom and went home and told her parents uh, that he suggested that they forge, the student forge their parents' signature on the consent form in order to get a jab, one of the various branded jabs or vaccines, as some of you people call them. And so when that became apparent, People, parents just got furious. Now, I have a friend named Victor who had a big alarm business and security business and electrical business for years before he retired. And one day, Planned Parenthood called him. Planned Parenthood is the foremost abortion provider in the world. They called him because they had just moved into Yuba City. And they set up over on Pelora Avenue. And they asked him to put an alarm system over there. And so when he was over there to talk to him about whether or not he wanted to take the job or if they could agree on a price, he said, hey, I have four daughters. I think he has three or four, four daughters. I'll call it four. And he says, I'm concerned about them. My wife and I are. We're, we're a, uh, they're all our kids, bio kids. And we're concerned about how they're doing. But he says they're underage. And he says, if one of my underage daughters came by your pregnancy clinic, would you give her pills, like birth control pills, or would you be willing to give her an abortion without parental consent, without me being involved, her her mother and I? And they said, oh, definitely. She has a right to come in and do whatever she wants. And he said, you know something, I don't want to take your business in. I don't want to do business on this, these grounds that, that you would do that. And so we've had situations, in fact, we had a, a situation, I may have mentioned it before, in Oroville where a teacher took a child that she, she thought was a wonderful person. And uh, the child was pregnant. She took her to an abortionist. They supposedly uh, gave her an abortion. But they didn't get all the parts out. So the the child delivered some of the parts in the toilet at home and then called her mother because she was panicked. And the mother was horrified and sued the school district, rightfully, and won. So now we have a guy, Wesley Schinken, who is telling his sixth graders, according to what uh, he, he has not stood trial, he hasn't done anything, except there's a report that he told his sixth graders what they needed to do to go get the shot that he, he was very pro shot. Let's get the shot. Let's everybody get the shot. 
And uh, so now there's a big there's a big stink. But the only thing I know is that it continues to get posted on social media and people are up in arms. Now, this brings up something that I talked about, I think, again, last week, and it's all over the Internet, that uh, Attorney General Xavier Becerra has written a memo a one-page memo soliciting the Federal Bureau of Investigation to assist local law enforcement to rein in unruly parents as if it was domestic terrorism. I want you to just listen to that. Let, let that sink in. We've been having school board meetings for hundreds of years in this country. But now, because they're opposing the school board and confronting the school board with everything from we're going to arrest you for pornography, uh, we're going to recall you, or a whole bunch of other things, over the crazy things that they're making Students do. And people are hot. They're, they're hot about the, the schools being anti-law enforcement. They're hot about the st- schools forcing their kids to wear a mummy mask, a wrap around their head. So now we have a letter, and I just w- watched uh, Senator Hawley from Missouri take uh, an assistant attorney general a lady to task. Uh, but a number of people have over this ridiculous threat from the attorney general of the United States of America. Uh, so the, what started this is a national school boards association wrote a letter. They represent 90,000, not 9,000, 90,000 school board members in the United States, they wrote a September 29th letter to President Biden that the federal government must deal with the growing number of threats of violence and acts of intimidation occurring across the nation. Listen, people are hot. Kids get molested. Kids get molested intellectually or physically. Parents have a right to be hot. That doesn't mean they're terrorists, but they want to... This is part of the federal federalizing of our law enforcement to where the communist government of the United States is run just like communist China. So the letter moves on to cite incidents of threats and acts, threats or acts of violence, etc. It also denies critical race theory as being taught in the classrooms. Um, says parents attempts to hold school board meetings members accountable by posting watch lists online as spreading misinformation. Now I, I, I have a platform or I'm part of a couple platforms where people are communicating every day about school board issues in our local area. And they're letting people know, Hey, this show, this is just showing up on the agenda or this, this was just decided. And it's been very helpful for people working. Remember, I told them the reason I do this to show is for people work together, whether they're working from state to state where they're located, or you can tap into the same amazing people like I just mentioned, Peter uh, McCullough, 
and several others there. So um, the NSBA asked the federal agencies such as FBI and the Secret Service and the Department of Justice and Homeland Security to investigate, intercept, and prevent the threats and acts of violence by whatever extraordinary measures necessary. You think think things are changing? I think things are changing big time. All right. So what we see is people are getting steamed all over the place. Now I want to go up here. Uh, let's see. I'm just I, my my timer clock isn't working right. So uh, I'm trying to just track myself without that old clock. Just old school it. So uh, how about this? Today, early this morning, I was having a cup of coffee, which is my normal habit, first thing in the morning, and uh, looking over some information, my emails, because I've been working on a project, so I've been just getting rid of all my emails, answering them, and dealing with stuff, keep things moving. And I noticed this headline, which is a, I've never seen a headline like this in my entire life. It says three Sierra, like we, we, for those in other states, we live in a valley called the Sacramento Valley. That's where Marysville, Yuba City is. I'm in Marysville. We live in two counties, Yuba Sutter counties. Most of us look, think of it as one community. And so to the east of us is Sierra Nevada mountain range. To the west is what we call the California Coast Range. This says three Sierra passes are to close Thursday ahead of the winter storm. I have never, something is going on, people. Like, like I had some people this week tell me that they wanted to leave California before Gavin Newsom made it impossible to cross the state line to get out. Now, that's exactly what communist countries do. And they can make it egregious to leave like you pay us a lot of money, Right? So now it says three Sierra passes to close Thursday ahead of the winter storm. Now, the last two times I've had to go to Reno to teach a class, it was just my bad, my bad turn. I've never seen, I'm not a great snow driver, don't like to drive in snow, but it was gnarly up there on the Sierra Nevada mountain range, up Highway 20 onto 80 and then on over to Reno. It was gnarly. But the, the roads were open. Now, this is saying we're going to close the passes just because the meteorologist says that there was going to be a storm. And it's not even like this, the 100-year storm of your lifetime. It's, there's something baloney going on with all this, folks. Said California highway officials say they will close three mountain passes near the Nevada line between Lake Tahoe and Yosemite National Park on Thursday as a precaution ahead of a winter storm. Normally, we leave all roads open so people can freely come and go. And yeah, we might put signs up that says, chain up, baby, get some chains. Or can't go, it's white out. So it says temperatures... This is like, hey, California, you know, when I go to Vietnam, little, it will be torrential rains. I've never seen rains like this before in my life. 
And uh, so little kids by the thousands are going to school with just a shirt on skin because it's warm rain and shorts and flip-flops and they're all on bicycles going down the road raining helter skelter we're going to come right back we've finished our third segment here we'll be right back biggest myth about labor unions is that unions are for the workers. Unions are for unions, just as corporations are for corporations and politicians are for politicians. Nothing shows the utter cynicism of the unions and the politicians who do their bidding like the so-called Employee Free Choice Act that the Obama administration tried to push through Congress. Workers' free choice as to whether or not to join a union is precisely what that legislation would destroy. Workers already have a free choice in secret ballot elections conducted under existing laws. As more and more workers in the private sector have voted to reject having a union represent them, the union's answer has been to take away secret ballot elections. Under the Employee Free Choice Act, unions would not have to win in secret ballot elections in order to represent the workers. Instead, union representatives could simply collect signatures from the workers until they had a majority. Why do we have secret ballots in the first place, whether in elections for unions or elections for government officials? To prevent intimidation and allow people to vote how they want to without fear of retaliation. This is a crucial right that unions want to take away from workers. The actions of union mobs in Wisconsin, Ohio, and elsewhere give us a free home demonstration of how little they respect the rights of those who disagree with them and how much they rely on harassment and threats to get what they want. It takes world-class chutzpah to call circumventing secret ballots the Employee Free Choice Act. To unions, Workers are just the raw material used to create union power, just as iron ore is the raw material used by U.S. Steel and bauxite is the raw material used by the Aluminum Company of America. The most fundamental fact about labor unions is that they do not create any wealth. They are one of a growing number of institutions which specialize in siphoning off wealth created by others, whether those others are businesses or the taxpayers. There are limits to how long unions can siphon off money from businesses without facing serious economic repercussions. The most famous labor union leader, the legendary John L. Lewis, head of the United Mine Workers from 1920 to 1960, secured rising wages and job benefits for the coal miners far beyond what they could have gotten out of a free market based on supply and demand. But there is no free lunch. An economist at the University of Chicago called John L. Lewis the world's greatest oil salesman. His strikes that interrupted the supply of coal, as well as the resulting wage increases that raised its price, caused many individuals and businesses to switch from using coal to using oil, leading to reduced employment of coal miners. The higher wage rates also led coal companies to replace many miners with machines. 
The net result was a huge decline in employment in the coal mining industry, leaving many mining towns virtually ghost towns by the 1960s. There is no free lunch. Similar things happened in the unionized steel industry and in the unionized automobile industry. At one time, U.S. Steel was the largest steel producer in the world and General Motors the largest automobile manufacturer. No more. Their unions were riding high in their heyday, but they too discovered that there is no free lunch, as their members lost jobs by the hundreds of thousands. Workers have also learned that there is no free lunch, which is why they have, over the years, increasingly voted against being represented by unions in secret ballot elections. One set of workers, however, remained largely immune to such repercussions. These are government workers, represented by public sector unions. While oil could replace coal, while U.S. Steel dropped from number one in the world to number ten, and Toyota could replace General Motors as the world's leading producer of cars, government is a monopoly. Nobody is likely to replace the federal or state bureaucracies, no matter how much money the unions drain from the taxpayers. That is why government unions continue to thrive while private sector unions decline. Taxpayers provide their free lunch. So whoever the f*** doesn't like the United States of America, may God bless you, but f*** you at the same time. If you don't like the United States of America, go back to the countries that we the f*** from and you'll see how much you appreciate the United States of America. I have a question for you. Why do you support the same policies in the U.S. that cause you to flee your home country? The policies I'm talking about are those that lead to a bigger and bigger central government. You know only too well that the more power the government has, the more corrupt it becomes. My home country, like most other nations in Central and South America, is very poor. 54% of the population lives in poverty and 13% live in extreme poverty. Half of all children under five are chronically malnourished. Crippling government corruption is the norm. Opening a new business can take months, even years, because of a multitude of regulations that are designed to line the pockets of bureaucrats. So the cost is much too high for the average citizen. Quite simply, unless you're politically connected in Guatemala, you probably want to leave. And in the last 20 years, many Guatemalans have left. Or to put it more honestly, they fled. The fortunate ones reached the United States, the freest and wealthiest nation in human history. There are at least one million Guatemalans living in the US. Nearly every Mexican and Central and South American immigrant in the United States, whether they immigrated legally or illegally, moved or fled to the US for the same reasons, economic opportunity and the freedom to shape their own lives. In short, you came to the United States to participate in what Americans call the American dream. But have you ever asked yourself, why is the United States so free, so much less corrupt, and so much more affluent than any Latin American country? The answer lies first and foremost in the unique American belief in limited government. Why? 
Because the smaller the government, the less the corruption. And the smaller the government, the more individual freedom and personal responsibility. And given those things, along with hard work and talent, you can accomplish your life's goals. They say, oh, it's going to be raining. Oh, in California, if it rains, we keep the kids home from school now. Vietnam, you never stay home from school when it's raining. Those kids go to school. They're there at 7 o'clock. They don't get out like till 5. They so work so much harder than these pencil-necked American kids. So here's the whole reason. Temperatures were plunging. What's plunging? What do you think plunging mean? Plunging means. Says highs were forecast to drop 10 to 15 degrees. Oh, my, 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 my. It sounds like fall is here. Then it says confidence is increasing in the chances for rain at high elevations. Oh, we can't have rain. How would we drive in the rain? What if it, what if it, what if our windshield wipers didn't work? High elevation snow. When do we stop roads? When we block roads for stuff like this? Several inches of snow are, it's not a foot, not two feet. A few inches are going to be at the highest elevations. You're shutting down three passes. What's that shut down? Your right to come and go as you please. Truckers that can truck food and supplies down those roads. These guys are monkeying with our ability to function as American free citizens. It tries to make this sound like it's so ominous. It is not ominous. It's like COVID. It's a nothing burger. Caltrans officials said closures were going to happen on US 395. Start State Route 108 at Snora Pass. State route, route 89 and State Route 120. I just am so shocked that this was just said out in front of God and everybody, and it's just pure nonsense that they're just shutting down our ability to travel. Crazy. Said highway should reopen on Saturday. So in other words, they're just going to leave them closed whether they get a storm or not. Instead of like telling you, oh, it's a whiteout, we can't, nobody can go. Or only four-wheel drive vehicles can go. All we are four-wheel. Crazy. Now, I don't know whether you've been following the various whistleblowers regarding Pfizer Johnson and Johnson, Moderna, AstraZeneca, da 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 da. But uh, there is an employee with uh, Pfizer who's been an employee for ten years. Five years of that ten years is is in quality control, and she uh, and she informed 
Project Veritas, Veritas, that uh, she, the Pfizer, first of all, was not getting giving religious exemptions. And so she stumbled across some uh, research or documents of their research that said that in the Pfizer vaccine or shot, there are cells, fetal cell lines from kidney cells of aborted fetuses. Now, I've, I've run into this before, and uh, I've I, I just run it before. And the first time, I guess it was, was uh, when the nurses on YouTube showed a package that was for the AstraZeneca uh, shot. And they read the different things, the contents on, of the uh, shot. And they said, we want you to write down these items and you go look them up and you do the research, which I did. So there was this, this code MC nine or something like that. And when I MC five or something, and when I looked it up, it referred to a cell line, fetal cell line of a baby boy, 13 or 14 weeks. And I think that they were getting it. Uh, cells out of the lungs or something like that. Now, in the inner office communication of Pfizer, they don't want this information to get out. Why? Because people already have big concerns about this shot. And let alone then there's animal cells in it, there's human cells in it. It's just nonsense. The lady that blew the whistle is Mo- Melissa Strickler. So that's one situation. As I mentioned before, AstraZeneca is a British maker of vaccines, and they use cell a cell line from aborted male fetus. So... More and more people now are resisting taking the shot. And it's costing many people dearly, particularly in Vietnam, because they're claiming that you can't go back to work and you have to just stay in your house if you don't take it. It's crazy. But that could happen here. And, you know, the only reason it didn't is there's two sheriffs that withstood that. And that's Brandon Barnes in Sutter County and Wendell Anderson in Yuba County. They stood up against Dr. Fong Magella, the Nazi doctor, Lou. She wanted to arrest people if they disobeyed her edict that they stay in their house. Joseph Mengele. So that's the situation there with uh, Pfizer employee whistleblower. You can you can actually watch that. Uh, Pfizer employee whistleblower. You can get a short clip or a longer clip. Very good. She's very well spoken. Not at, She's not asking for anything in particular. She just had a bad conscience in seeing what was in that. What was in that vaccine? We talked last week about one of the scientists in. in uh, I don't know. It was Johnson and Johnson. I think it was. 
just said it's junk. Just junk in there. And don't let your kids take it. So I hear more and more people that are just one step away from me that are dead now because of, of not the, not the COVID, but because of the shot. I was talking to a doctor this week, and he said, he said, Lou, it's so hypocritical. They keep making a big deal. One patient died at Adventist Hospital from COVID. COVID, the dreaded COVID. But why wouldn't they also put on the dashboard to give people real perspective instead of trying to scare people? is to tell people who else died and what they died of, like lung disease, heart disease, brain disease, kidney disease, all the other comorbidities. Why wouldn't they just tell, this week we had 12 people die in Yuba Center. And amazing, once we started looking at it, we don't have any COVID patients killing people. It's just an old age and things that happen to folks, Right. All right, so uh, I wanted to mention to you that uh, 2022 is coming up, election cycle, and Kevin Kiley was giving a heads up to, for some initiatives that are, are going to need some signatures. You know, you, you go into a grocery store and and there's a petition there, and you don't really know the person, so you don't know whether you're getting the same scoop. You don't have time to read the thing. So here's some initiatives that that are out and they're they're gathering signatures or will be gathering signatures. One is school choice. Let funding follow the child based on parental choice. Sounds good, huh? Water storage. How how often do we vote for water storage and the money gets siphoned off, right? In the era of shorter showers and fallow fields. I don't know whether I'm going to like that. But maybe I will. Water storage. Death tax repeal. Death tax repeal. Restore a protection of Prop 13. Remember, Prop 19, if you voted for it, that's why we're voting for this now, because you just undermined Prop 13 at the insistence or encouragement of Assembly, supposedly Republican, James Gallagher, who got behind uh, and change some of the protections uh, for families that wanted to pass on their property to kids or grands- grandkids. So then uh, we have election integrity, require voter ID, it says. Uh, taxpayer protection, require voter approved for tax increases. Anti-corruption in government, union, collective bargain- bargaining. And uh, on 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 it goes about getting ac- accurate ballots. So I wanted to mention that to you to tie it in with some of these things that are going on with our school kids, and they just want to have a good time, don't they? They just want to have a good time. This this one guy Todd Hagopian or Hajopian H A J sorry H A G O P I A N. He said, by the time I'm 67, over $600,000 will have been paid into Social Security on my behalf. That money would have been worth $1.9 million if I had gotten a 5% return. 
My annual interest, hold on, my computer jumped here. My annual interest would be 95000 The government promises me 3075 a month at 67. That's pretty good, isn't it? Which is 37000 a year. How is this not theft? It is theft. It's a terrible system. They don't, they don't invest your money for you. And they don't care whether you survive or not. So let me see here. Just double checking. Uh, okay. Okay. I'm just double checking my time here. Seeing how it's going. Uh, I think I may have touched on this last week, but I want to read you some things said by a an army surgeon or a military surgeon. Uh, it's uh, it's about Fort Rucker. Here, and the army flight surgeon files an affidavit saying vaccinated flight crews need to be grounded for medical reasons. Well, it's, you know what the sad thing is that people that are getting really sick and dying with COVID, nobody's w- willing to really discuss it. So it says uh, Colonel Teresa Long, Fort, fl- flight surgeon, Fort Rucker. So this is her affidavit. It said military aviators are a subset of the military population and has to meet the most stringent standards to be on flight status. The population of student pilots I take care of are primarily in their 20s and 30s, males and in excellent physical condition. The risk of serious illness or death in this population from SARS-CoV-2 is minimal with a survival rate of 99.99%. Anyway, she goes on to say that uh, the literature has demonstrated that natural immunity is durable, completed, and superior to vaccination immunity by the COVID shot. mRNA vaccines produced by Pfizer and Moderna both have been linked to myocarditis, that's inflammation of the heart, especially in young males between 16 and 24 years of age. The majority of young new Army aviators are in their early 20s. We know there is a risk of myocarditis with each mRNA vaccination. That's what the surgeon's saying. We additionally know now that vaccinations does not necessarily prevent infection or transmission of SARS-CoV-2. Therefore, individuals fully vaccinated with mRNA uh, vaccines have at least two independent risk factors for myocarditis after vaccination. So use of mRNA vaccines in our fighting force presents a risk of under undetermined magnitude in a population in which less than 20 active dirty, excuse me, 20 active duty personnel out of 1.4 million died of the underlying SARS-V2. Amazing. So she's saying, I, I, uh, she's reading right out of the military code 
it says an unnecessary risk is any risk that if taken will not contribute meaningfully to the mission accomplishment or will needlessly endanger lives or resources. Army leaders accept only a level of risk in which the potential benefit outweighs the potential loss. So, uh, I'm just, uh, just checking my, my time here. My timer, my normal clicker isn't, isn't working right. So I'm having to count which I can't do and chew gum at the same time. Anyway, she's given reasons why she doesn't want any of the Fort Rucker pilots to fly because of the vaccine, if they've taken the vaccine. It's something to think about. All right. So uh, I want to go up here before we get all the way to the end of the show. I had today, I called, I was working on a skate park remodel and working on some steel fencing, and Will Fanning has come out a number of times. Will has a new business in the area started this year called All Power Services, and they do all power from cars to trucks to fleet. They do fleet maintenance all the way down to lawnmowers, weed eaters, uh, chainsaws you think people wouldn't do so good if they diversified so much, but they got the icons all across their ad and got sports, you know, uh, vehicles, motor motors for motorboat, all kinds of stuff. So if you want to reach out to them, you can call them at five, three, zero, eight, four, four, zero, three, four, seven, eight, four, four, zero, three, four, seven. Now, Will has been helping me at the skate park, which got steel fencing and some of the fencing had, uh, deteriorated needed to be repaired or or got hit by a skateboard or a person and popped some of the fencing broke it so he's been out a couple different times to fix it for us and then i broke one of the spokes trying to straighten it today we were painting and he came out and fixed that tonight so way to go will so if you want a great guy, you might, if you go on his All Power Services Facebook page, he actually does a little teaching on there. He'll show you the inside of whatever he's working on that somebody came brought in, whether it was leaking all kinds of water or some, a bearing was out, and he showed you exactly, in, in just a couple of minutes, you know, how they diagnosed the problem, fixed it, and got him back on the road. So you can reach them at allpower1469, 1469 at gmail.com. And uh, they're at 1469 Stewart Road in Yuba City. <clears throat> That's on the west side of Highway 99. So uh, there you have that. also want to mention uh, these are people that have just helped me uh, with the various aspects of doing this radio program. So... Uh, I want to give you give a shout out to North Valley Paralegal, Nellie Garcia, seven five one Sutter Street in Yuba City, and her number is five three zero seven five one nine two eight nine. She is a great legal beagle. She gets the job done quickly, honestly, and cheaper than the attorneys. So give her a shout out and tell her Lou told you to come over there seven five one nine two eight nine. So uh, let me just double check something. Just 
pay attention to what I'm I want to just look at something make sure my time is trucking correctly because my little clock doesn't work for some reason today so okay I got you now just wanted to refresh my memory I was telling the guys today I was working with I have a great memory it's just a tad short so uh, my friend Dr. Cassidy and I were working with an addict yesterday. Been, she'd been an addict for many, many years, and uh, thirty mid-30s. And uh, she's pregnant, and she needs help with her addiction to heroin. And so I was able to connect Dr. Cassidy and, and uh, them together to get him, get her in, and she's going to... St- maybe head towards a life of sobriety and have a healthy baby coming up. So uh, we're, we're not uh, against using government help or government funding, but we're just seeing too many people drop dead or give up on government help getting people into rehab, although you and I both have paid our share of taxes to put people uh, into different kinds of rehabilitation situations so they get their life back and we get a good citizen out of the deal. So what we've been trying to do is send people to Dr. Cassidy who works for uh, Peach Tree Health. And uh, I think we better take a break right now because I'm out of time. And so we'll be back for our fifth segment in just a moment. Time. There's rivers across and hills to climb. Some days we might fall apart, and some nights might feel cold and dark. But nobody wins afraid of losing, and the hard roads are the What is it about the vaccine that, that makes you uh, hesitant to, to, to get it? Uh, I, I would start with, um, I've, I've had COVID um, in the past. And so our, our understanding of antibodies, of natural immunity has uh, changed a, a great deal from the onset of the pandemic and is still evolving. Um, I understand that the vaccine would uh, um, help if, if, if you catch COVID and uh, you'll be able to have less symptoms um, from contracting it, but with me having COVID in the past and having antibodies um, with my current um, age group and uh, uh, fitness, physical fitness level, um, it's not necessarily a fear of mine. Uh, taking the vaccine does open me up to the, albeit rare chance, but the possibility of having an adverse reaction to the vaccine itself. Um, I don't believe that being unvaccinated means infected or being vaccinated means um, uninfected. You can still catch COVID um, with or without having the vaccine. The craziness of it all in terms of not being able to say that it should be everybody's fair choice without being demeaned or um, talked crazy to doesn't uh, make one comfortable to do what said person is uh, telling them to do. I would like an explanation to, you know, people with vaccines, why are they still getting COVID? 
if that's something that we are supposed to highly be protected from. Like, it's funny that, oh, it reduces your chances of going to the hospital. It doesn't eliminate anybody from getting COVID, right? So everybody, is everybody in here vaxxed? I would assume, right? So you all can still get COVID, right? Okay, but you can still get COVID, right? And you can still pass it along with the vax, right? I'm not. I'm just asking the question. I mean, it's no different than somebody with the vaccine. Like I can, yes, I developed antibodies for it, so my chances will be less likely now as well, right? But it's still a possibility. I may get it, just like there are players and coaches and staff who are vaxxed and missing camp right now because of it so there's a lot of uncertainty surrounding starter andrew wiggins he's refused to get a covid vaccination and the nba has denied his request for a religious exemption the ruling means under current health city orders he is ineligible to play home games what's the reason for not just explaining what you believe um this is none of your business that's what it comes down to. You stand to, to lose a lot of money. At... No, and it's my problem, not yours. Okay. I'm just going to keep fighting for what I believe. And whether it's one thing or another, get the vaccination or not get a vaccination, who knows? I'm just going to, you know, keep fighting for what I believe and what I believe is right. One of the reasons our children do not measure up academically to children in other countries is that so much time is spent in American classrooms twisting our history for ideological purposes. How would you feel if you were a Native American who saw the European invaders taking away your land is the kind of question our children are likely to be confronted with in our schools. It is a classic example of trying to look at the past with the assumptions and the ignorance of the present. One of the things we take for granted today is that it is wrong to take other people's land by force. Neither American Indians nor the European invaders believed that. Both took other people's land by force, as did Asians, Africans, Arabs, Polynesians, and others. The Indians no doubt regretted losing so many battles, but that is wholly different from saying that they thought battles were the wrong way to settle the question of who would control the land. Today's child cannot possibly put himself or herself in the mindset of Indians centuries ago without infinitely more knowledge of history than our schools have ever taught. Nor is understanding history the purpose of such questions. The purpose is to score points against Western society. In short, propaganda has replaced education as the goal of too many educators. Schools are not the only institutions that twist history to score ideological points. Never forget that they owned lots of slaves was the huge headline across the front page of the New York Times book review section in its December 14, 2004 issue. Inside was an indictment of George Washington and Thomas Jefferson. Of all the tragic facts about the history of slavery, the most astonishing to an American today is that Although slavery was a worldwide institution for thousands of years, nowhere in the world was slavery a controversial issue prior to the 18th century. People of every race and color were enslaved, and enslaved others. 
white people were still being bought and sold as slaves in the Ottoman Empire, decades after American blacks were freed. Everyone hated the idea of being a slave, but few had any qualms about enslaving others. Slavery was just not an issue, not even among intellectuals, much less among political leaders, until the 18th century, and then it was an issue only in Western civilization. Among those who turned against slavery in the 18th century were George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Patrick Henry, and other American leaders. You could research all of 18th century Africa or Asia or the Middle East without finding any comparable rejection of slavery there. But who is singled out for scathing criticism today? American leaders of the 18th century. Deciding that slavery was wrong was much easier than deciding what to do with millions of people from another continent, of another race, and without any historical preparation for living as free citizens in a society like that of the United States, where they were 20% of the total population. It is clear from the private correspondence of Washington, Jefferson, and many others that their moral rejection of slavery was unambiguous, but the practical question of what to do now had them baffled. That would remain so for more than half a century. In 1862, a ship carrying slaves from Africa to Cuba, in violation of a ban on the international slave trade, was captured on the high seas by the U.S. Navy. The crew were imprisoned, and the captain was hanged in the United States, despite the fact that slavery itself was still legal at the time in Africa, in Cuba, and in the United States. What does this tell us? that enslaving people was considered an abomination, but what to do with millions of people who were already enslaved was not equally clear. That question was finally answered by a war in which one life was lost for every six people freed. Maybe that was the only answer, but don't pretend today that it was an easy answer, or that those who grappled with the dilemma in the 18th century were some special villains when most leaders and most people around the world at that time saw nothing wrong with slavery. Incidentally, the September 2004 issue of National Geographic had an article about the millions of people still enslaved around the world right now. But where was the moral indignation about that? Rockabilly cats with the pumps real high Wear black trip coats all real gone guys Skinheads with the roll-up jeans Looking real tough with my feet There's a rumble and fright tonight Ringside seats for the neighborhood fight Ain't a damn thing that comes to me right, we're back and I'm just talking about Dr. Cassidy And if you need some addiction relief uh, Any type of addiction Alcohol, drugs, whatever Uh... If you'll call Peachtree Health at 530-749-3242, 530-749-3242, just tell uh, the clerk there that takes, you know, say, hey, I need an appointment. They'll probably ask you why and just say addiction, and that'll that'll do it. If there's any kind of hitching to get along there, you could call Doc. You could text him instead of call him at 530-682-8648. Just text him, tell him what you need. You're trying to get an appointment. If all else fails, call me at 530-713-1838, and I will, I will fix it, okay? Uh, and then I'll give you one more, and then we'll, we'll uh, move on to the next topic. And that's Thrifty Rooter. These guys, uh, they've been in business for over 40 years, 
and do a great job in multiple counties here in Northern California, Yuba, Sutter, Placer, Nevada, uh, Butte, and uh, do everything involving septic. Uh, they got pumper systems. They got clean, you know, fix your lines, all kinds of things. So the, the easiest thing for you to do is go to their good website at thriftyrooter.net. And you'll run into the guys that Bill Artominko, ha- the owner, has assembled to serve your needs. Now, Bill say, says on that site, I need to hire some people. So if you're a good person and you want to work hard, I will train you to do what we do and pay you for it. How about that? So you can reach him at 751-9289. That's a, a, sorry, that's a, that's the wrong number. That's, that's North Valley Paralegal. Thrifty Rooters is 530-673-8201. And, uh, but you can, you can send them a, uh, a note uh, right off their website. And, just, and there's a bunch of areas that they do, they work on. That's their specialty. You can just click those areas that you need done. And then send it, and they'll get it on. You could send it at 2 in the morning, and they'll get it when they get up and uh, and be able to help you. So uh, let's see. I wanted to go down here and um, back in 2018, Yuba County uh, supervisors decided to try to get a sales tax measure passed called Measure K. And uh, that uh, measure was described, and I'm not going to go into immense detail. You can look it up if you want. That measure was described as a special tax, but they special tax... That's when you say, we just want to give this to the sheriff's department, for instance. That's a special tax. But if you just want to raise more money for lots of things you do in the county, that would be, that would be a general tax. And so that takes, that takes less votes, like 50% plus one of all the votes, that would pass a general tax. But a special tax uh, needs a two-thirds vote majority, Okay. So what they did is they put it on as a general tax, but they they used the leverage of public safety to convince people to vote because most people like police and fire. A preponderance of people do. They feel a fondness for police and fire. And so what the Yuba County leaders did, political leaders, the county officials, is they pitched this uh, as a special as a special tax. In other words, we're going to spend this on public safety, and then at a lower public safety and as essential services as well. And and there were all kinds of signage. You saw it in Yuba County. Signs all over the place with a picture of a flame. Fire, you know, support the fire department, support the sheriff's department, do this, do that. They had all kinds of things. They said all kinds of threatening. You know, they people always try to scare the hell out of people. So they'll say, you know, if we don't get more deputies, then it may may take an hour to get to you. Or, 
you know, we're just not going to be able to guarantee that we could get to you and do CPR on your husband, right? That's the kind of pitch they did. So anyway, uh, it passed, I think, with 53% of the vote and change. And so then some folks locally here in Yuba County challenged that in court, and it went before Stephen Barrier, and a law firm out of Sacramento carried the case, and they... Uh, the opponents, the citizens opposed to Measure K prevailed at the Yuba County Superior Court and uh, before Steve Barrier. Stephen Barrier said what you did was you wanted your cake and eat it too. In other words, you didn't, you said, oh, well, you know, we just, we don't want to have to try to get two thirds of all the population because it's almost impossible. But the way they sold the tax was, we're going to use this for public safety. That's what we're going to use it for. So it passed. And so uh, then after the uh, Stephen Barrier ruled against the county, then the county appealed it. And, and by the way, all along, the setting up of the Major K and the appeal, everything was taking taxpayers' money and spending it to convince taxpayers to give more of their taxpayer money to the government, which is violation of the Constitution of the state of California and the United States Constitution. You cannot use people's tax dollars to convince them to give you more tax dollars. But that's exactly what they did. And so the person to challenge that would have been the district attorney. But the district attorney, Pat McGrath, was a part of the problem. He was a part of the group pushing this why because his district attorney's office was going to get money out of it that's exactly what it what was going on here so they've been they've been collecting i don't know 12 14 they've they've been collecting 12 14 50 million dollars since this started to be collected but the money was being held uh, in trust until the case could be settled so once the the uh the third appellate court decided in favor of Yuba County, the attorneys weren't interested in taking it on another level. So it says in this memo from Kevin Mallon, who's presenting this to the Board of Supervisors at the upcoming meeting, uh, he says collection of the one cent tax began on April 1, 2019 from the start of collection to June 30, 2021. About $14 million was taken out of Yuba County people's pockets. Now, Yuba County isn't the poorest county in the state, but it's one of the poorer counties. And um, and typically, sales taxes uh, hurt the poor far greater than they do the rich because the rich can figure out a, a way around to pay this big sales tax. For instance, if I buy a car, I, I live in the city of Marysville. If I buy a car, it doesn't matter where I buy it, in the world, I have to pay sales tax for that's equivalent to the city of Marysville. I have to pay it here. Now, but rich people have the ability to say, well, you know, I bought, I bu- I'm buying it in Oregon or I'm buying it in Texas where there's no sales tax and uh, I'm going to register it up there because I have a business up there. And they, so rich people always have a way to getting around this. So who are the rich people in Yuba County? That would be the sheriff. That would be the board of supervisors. They're getting $90,000 a year, plus they have other businesses, all of them. 
$90,000 a year. So they're rich people. I'm talking about the perspective is Yuba County compared to the average Yuba County voter or uh, household. If you're making 200, 100, 300, 275,000, a lot of our government officials are making from two to $300,000. It's a lot of money. People you think, you think the sales tax is going to hurt them? No, most of them don't even live in uh, the county that they're wanting to tax more. They live over in Yuba City where the taxes are less. So I do a lot of my shopping in, in Sutter County, Yuba City, because I, want to, I don't want to pay as much tax. And I'm trying to figure out how to buy a car without going through Yuba County, paying the tax to Yuba County. So let me go on to the story. Anyway, there was, if you remember the arguments, they were going to, this is going to be public safety could not go on without this. So here's the deal. The, uh, this is the revenue distribution percentages for fiscal year 2021, 2022. Uh, and they've, this isn't counting all the money they've accumulated already. They're just assuming fiscal year, $6 million is going to come in and they're going to give 1.2 million of that 20% to nine fire districts. The remaining goes to County services, 80%. Okay. And 70, 75% of the revenue to the DA probation and sheriff. In other words, of that 85, 80%, I think what they're saying is 75% of that is going to go to the sheriff. Now, remember I told you that the big push was law enforcement and fire. So, um, then it breaks it down further. It says 18% is going to, of the 75% is going to go to probation. 11% of the 75% is going to go to the DA and 25% of the revenue just for county counties, essential services. Do you think people would vote for 1% if they were convinced that 25% was going to go for, go for more county services, more county government? That's expansion of government. So I don't have time to go through the whole thing, but it tells about how they're going to fund all these deputies and probation officers and another person in the district attorney's office and another person in the uh, uh, county council and and all these kind of things. But then it says that they're going to pay back a loan to the Yuba County Water Agency for $5 million. Now, what do you think that loan was about? I don't know what it was about. I, I'm not exactly sure but i know they've been borrowing money because they couldn't pay their calpers fees you know what calpers is that's a public employment retirement system that they're mandated because of the agreements they made with all the unions the government unions that they would pay certain amounts of the retirement health benefits and retirement to pers calpers and they haven't been able to pay that and stay up with it. There are millions and millions and millions of dollars behind. What do I mean by that? Let me just say it this way. 
If, have you ever been in a situation where you had trouble paying your bills and you had the money coming in from whatever source you're retired or, or maybe you're on welfare or you're on disability or you're, you know, you're, you work and you have money coming in. But when you add up your bills, you're falling a little bit behind, a little bit behind, a little bit behind. So maybe you carry some credit card debt and, uh, you, um, or somehow you're, you're got a loan and, you know, anyway, you're, 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 you're constantly come up. You're not able to pay your bills every month. Your bill, you know, if you can pay your bills, all your bills every single month, then that's, you're in pretty good shape, but lots of people can't. And the, the government of Yuba County cannot. So they, they can pay their CalPERS payments all at once, you know, which is the way you should do it, right? It, you know, when I, when I phone on my charge card, they say, do you want to pay the minimum payment or because they love that because they charge you interest on the rest to carry it over, right? Or do you want to pay the whole payment due, right? And when I pay the whole payment due, all I owe is what I owe. I don't owe no more. So when the when the uh, CalPERS says to Yuba County, you need to pay us $20 million or $15 million or $4 million, and they say you can pay it right now or we can carry you, right? We can carry you. They'll charge you a little fee there, and you just pay per month or per quarter or something. So what Yuba County supervisors did is they went to the Yuba County Water Agency, or now they call themselves Yuba Water Agency. And who who do you think are the directors of the Yuba Water Agency? Oh, it's the same guys. They just take a pee, change their hats, and then they become somebody else. And they go, oh, you guys over there, which are really us guys without a hat, you need $5 million or whatever. Oh, yeah, we'll loan you the money. So they loan... Yuba, Yuba Water Agency loans Yuba County Supervisors $5 million for a very low interest rate. And that then saves them. They can they can get a little discount on what they owe CalPERS. So all of a sudden now, this public safety tax that was supposed to be dedicated to public safety now is going to send uh, a one-time $5 million debt repay over to Yuba County Yuba Water Agency. Now, there are, in this document that Kevin Mallon, who is the county administrative officer, has prepared for the Board of Supervisors for the October 12th me- meeting, he says very clearly that the supervisors are under no obligation to spend this money in any particular way. Because why? It says in bold letters, bold black and underlined, baby, you are saying it big time. This is not a special tax. And then he explains what that is. And this is a general tax. And in other words, it could be, spent for anything they want 
And so, uh, and the, and one of the things that the attorneys argued saying that it was a special tax was because they were going to put it in a special fund and they were going to have a Senate, uh, a, uh, a, a funding oversight committee. I want to, I, I wonder what that oversight committee, the purpose of that is because the way that the, uh, the law is written on a general tax, a general fund tax is that that money could be, you could buy chewing gum with that money. Cases of chewing gum for every kid in the, the town. You could spend that money any way you want, as long as the supervisors agree to it. And they do not have to give it to public safety. They could just chum some to public safety and the rest of it they just spend elsewhere, which is exactly what they're doing. They're going to spend some. They're going to give the water agency. Uh, oh, it says uh, $3.5 million to the water agency. And they're going to amount remaining for county one-time expenses, 1.7. They're just going to clean up the books here. One-time fiscal year budgeted expenses, $1 million. One-time county expenses, $5 million. I think they're paying off their pensions. That's what they're doing. And you voted to help the fire department and the sheriff's department with all your good intentions. You believed Wendell Anderson and Steve Durfer, they were successive sheriffs over in this campaign. You believe them because you liked them. You believe the district attorney. I mean, our district attorney's honest. Uh, you know, you went for it. And so, the but the fact is, uh, that they're saying in this document, they're reminding legally, they're, they're saying legally, you do not have to spend this money for anything in particular. And they're just, they're, they're putting somebody out in welfare, in human resources. Well, not welfare, but human resources. At a position to support public safety and essential services. See, they're going to use that term over and over again because that's what they said they weren't going to do. They, they they were going to do public safety, so they're going to continue to say that even if they're uh, like putting a person in human resources. So uh, county council out of position. You know how many people are? I think they have about five, six, or seven. They have five attorneys already in that county council. Um, fund direct and business developments and additional economic development outreach. Give some to building departments getting some money. Interesting. Uh, we're going to take a break here, and then we'll be right back, and I think we're going to be wrapping it up in one more second. Just because don't mean you should. I took it very bad. Cause you can do me I love that we start each meeting with the Pledge of Allegiance, where we all agree that we are one nation, one people, indivisible. Imagine my disappointment when I read this material from a mandatory DE&I teacher training that states that America 
Uh, quote, America is a racist country built on racist ideas. It goes on to say, and I quote, privileged white people oppress people of color and heterosexual people suppress gay people. This training went on to encourage teachers to, quote, use your voice and educate and share the truth about racism with others and help organize or attend protests. This hateful, divisive material teaches teachers to hate America and ultimately break every person down into privileged and the oppressed. This is the exact definition of critical race theory. CRT is not a noun as we've been using it, it's a verb. CRT is the action of a Marxist movement that teaches people to hate America and it segregates people into privileged and oppressed. It sounds a lot like this training. Blue Valley chooses to call this training DE&I. So you can tell the public and the state board of education that you don't teach CRT. You can call this whatever you want, the material is CRT. Here's my biggest concern. In the, late, in the last board meeting, you mentioned having DE&I committees at each school. What oversight do these committees have? What are you doing to ensure this material is not being taught to our children? Recently, one of you up there was quoted, Blue Valley is going to insert DE&I into everything we do, and we will rewrite curriculum to insert DE&I. If this is a material being taught as DE&I, it needs to be stopped immediately, and parents need assurances that this hateful, divisive material will not be built into our curriculum. Senator Holding. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Ms. Monaco, I want to come back to this extraordinary letter and memorandum that the Attorney General of the United States issued yesterday. Practically every day brings new reports about this administration weaponizing the federal bureaucracy to go after political opponents. Frankly, I don't think we've ever seen anything like it in American history. I mean, for those of us who missed the McCarthy era, I guess this president is intent on bringing it to us but with new force and new power and new urgency, unlike anything we've ever seen. Are you aware of any time in American history when an attorney general has directed the FBI to begin to intervene in school board meetings, local school board meetings? I'm not aware, and I'm not aware that that, and that is not going on. Let me be very, Really, very this clear. isn't about local school board meetings? That's not the subject of the memorandum? I thought that was in the memorandum. The memorandum is quite clear. It's one page, um, and it asks um, the uh, U.S. attorney community and the FBI special agents in charge to convene state and local law enforcement partners um, to ensure that there's an open line of communication to address threats, to address violence, um, and that's the appropriate role of the Department of Justice to make sure that we are addressing uh, criminal conduct and violence. At, at local school board meetings. Let me just ask you this. Is parents waiting sometimes for hours to speak at a local school board meeting to express concerns about critical race theory or the masking of their students, particularly young children? Is that in and of itself, is, is that harassment and intimidation? Is waiting to express one's view at a school board meeting harassment and intimidation? As the Attorney General's memorandum made quite clear, Spirited debate is welcome, is a hallmark of this country. Um, it's something we all should engage in. And no, I don't think so, Ms. Monica. With all due respect, it didn't make it quite clear. It doesn't define those terms, nor does it define harassment or intimidation. It talks about violence. I think we can agree that violence shouldn't be condoned or looked aside from in any way, swept under the rug at all. But harassment and intimidation what did those terms mean in the context of a local school board meeting? I mean, this seems to, in the First Amendment context, we talk about the chill, the chill to speech. If this isn't a deliberate attempt to chill parents from showing up at school board meetings for their elected school boards, I don't know what is. I mean, I'm not, 
I'm not aware of anything like this in American history. We're talking about the FBI. You're using the FBI to intervene in school board meetings. That's extraordinary. Senator, I have to respectfully disagree. That is not what- Point me to an instance. The, the Attorney General's memorandum um, made quite clear that um, violence is not appropriate. Spirited public debate on a whole range of issues is absolutely what this country is all about. Um, then why when is it being investigated if, by the FBI? If, it is not. When and if um, any um, uh, situation turns to violence, then that is the appropriate role of law enforcement to address it. Um, oh, the what, memorandum what, covers more than violence. It talks about intimidation. It talks about harassment. So I'm asking you to draw some lines. We do this all the time in the First Amendment context. This is the, this is the sum and substance of First Amendment law. So I expect that she'll be available and, and willing to do it now. Tell me where the line is with parents expressing their concerns, waiting for hours in these school board meetings. We've all seen the videos. This has happened in my state. Parents have waited for hours. Sometimes the school board meetings have been ended before they can speak because the school board doesn't want to hear it. And now parents are told that if they wait and they express their views that they, they may be investigated for intimidation? I don't know who's telling them that, Senator. The job of the Justice Department is to investigate crimes when uh, a situation turns to violence, when and if a situation turns to violence, it's the job of the Justice Department and local law enforcement to address that. The Attorney General's memorandum simply uh, asked the U.S. Attorney community, the FBI, uh, and their counterparts to ensure that state and local law enforcement has an open line of communication uh, to report threats, whether they um, happen in the context of election officials being threatened, whether they haven't happened in the context of members of Congress being threatened, which the FBI responds to uh, on a regular basis, as is appropriate. The job of the Justice Department is to address criminal conduct. You know, all I can say is this is truly extraordinary. I think you know it is. It's unprecedented. You can't point to a single instance where anything like this has happened before. And I think parents across this country are going to be stunned to learn, stunned, that if they show up at a local school board meeting, by the way, where they have the right to appear and be heard, where they have the right to say something about their children's education, where they have the right to vote, and you are attempting to intimidate them. You are attempting to silence them. You are attempting to interfere with their rights as parents and, yes, with their rights as voters. This is wrong. This is dangerous. And I cannot believe that an attorney general of the United States is engaging in this kind of conduct. And frankly, I can't believe that you are sitting here today defending it. I intend to get answers to these questions. You won't answer my questions. I'm going to get answers to these questions. Mr. Chairman, we need to have a hearing on this subject. We need to hear from the Attorney General himself. He needs to come here, take the oath, sit there, and answer questions. We have never seen anything like this before in our country's history. And frankly, I, I want to say, I think it is a dangerous, dangerous precedent. Is bound to get then they bury him with stars. Sell his body like they do used cars Now there's a woman on my block She'll just sit there facing the hill She'll say, who gonna take away his license to... All right, this is our final segment. And uh, so there, there is an alternative to just this 1% sales tax is going to go on for 10 years. And... What would you do if you're on the committee and but the committee you're given the law which says a general tax you can spend it for any anybody 
anything, anybody, how would you contest what they said they were going to spend it for? Because they lied. So you got them, you got to have, you got their lies that they told you, but then you got Kevin Mallon that says, Hey, this is, he didn't say it was for anything. He just said, this is what the ordinance is. And the appellate court said, yep, it's a general tax. And so we can spend it for anything we want. Now, you guys that voted for it, you voted for a 10-year tax. So the only way out of this at this point is to put an uh, initiative on the ballot to repeal it. You understand what I'm saying? Do you just undo what you did? Okay? You just undo what you did. So, uh, all right, yeah, it says it's it's Measure K is a general tax and not a special tax. So, anyway, uh, that's what's going on, and it's just what they're doing is exactly what we said they would do, and that is they would bait and switch. They they you know they knew that people hearts would go out to fire and police. And they wouldn't go out to the DA's office or the county council's office or some of these other folks, right? They, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't do that. And they wouldn't have got their vote. But they got their vote because they pushed all the right buttons, okay? That's how that works. Uh, all right. So we're, we're cruising in here and... Uh, just going to pick out something here. Let me go. Let me get, let me just mention a couple of other folks that are real help to us. And that's uh, Dave Greenitz construction, Dave Greenitz. Oh, they're working on a new play and I don't have an ad yet, but it's going to be in early December. If you want to see, if you, if you like entertainment and you like live drama done well with new music, uh, costumes, the whole thing, and uh, seen in an environment where you don't have to wear a mask, but we're not Nazis. You don't, you, nobody's going to be forced to not wear a mask. So at Church of Glad Tidings, or they call it the Embassy of Heaven campus, it's the Embassy Theater, and it's coming up, I think it's the first, first uh, work week of December or maybe the first eight days or something. So they'll have it on for a few days, but I'll get the details more, but uh, you can look it up on the church of glad tidings website pretty soon. And they'll have it listed there, but that's uh, Dave green. and his wife, Leslie put on the creative light theater and they've done it for years. They do a couple plays a year. Dave builds the sets. And uh, so uh, you can check Dave out if you want remodeling done. Uh, I, I'm not even going to make a big deal about it. If, if you're in, if you're doing a, any kind of remodeling like bath kitchen and want it to look like today, or you want to do a deck or you want to, maybe you've got a smaller house, but you want to create some outdoor experiences, outdoor, uh, genre, outdoor, uh, place to hang out. You can, uh, you, he can build you a whole area outside in California. You can spend a lot of a lot of the months outside barbecuing and and uh, eating outside and hanging out outside. 
So check out GreenestConstruction.com and you can see before and after of his projects. Or you could go to his Facebook page at Dave Greenitz Construction, green with ETZ on the end. And you can text him or call him at 530-682-9602. 530-682-9602. And uh, the other people, the plumbing doctor, Ted Holmes, both these guys, Dave Greenitz, Ted Holmes, and I have been friends for many, many years. Ted has a plumbing business, 530-671-9111. They'll come out every day of the week and even in the middle of the night if it's an emergency and fix you. And uh, they'll, they'll take care of your business. Monty Hecker has been one of the oldest supporters I've had for many, many years. Uh, Elite Universal Security. He'll put you to work or you can put him to work either way. So uh, the, he's located in Yuba County, his headquarters, but uh, he does work all, all over. He tells me all the way up to the Oregon border. So this is an opportunity for you. Maybe you're stumble across this show and you think oh man i'd like to do i'd like to try that guard thing out maybe i'd like to go into law enforcement or something this is a good way to jump in even when you're pretty young younger than when you can be a police officer so you could give a shout out to monty and uh call him at 530-749-0280 and uh, he's got all kinds of classes and everything going too you can check those out like taser classes and concealed weapon classes and uh, everything that would prepare you to be a a sharp guard. So you can uh, reach him at api-academy.com and that's the schooling and what's going on. EliteUniversalSecurity.com will show you the jobs that he needs done and uh, tell you what counties they're in, what's going on and all that kind of stuff. So, um, okay. I think I got that taken care of. All right. Okay. I hope you're avoiding the jab. I think people that took the jab early on kind of got into the excitement of it and their uh, soul took over for their brain and they made a poor decision. But a lot of them took the jab and then now they're uh, they're not wanting to, they wish they wouldn't have taken it. I'm, I'm looking for something that... Uh, can't really see it right now anyhow uh, i read where pfizer is suggesting that there will be no new nor- no normal uh of eliminating you know eliminating the, all these vaccines because big pharma has got the legislature of the federal government in their pocket because they give them so much money and do you know who the big investors are in some of these uh companies like Pfizer or Moderna, Johnson and Johnson. They're our Congress people. So you can see how they have voted and voted and voted and voted in all these people and voted to give them what they wanted. And so uh Pfizer 
has been uh, there's been people leaking out of Pfizer and Johnson Johnson. I think I talked about a guy last week that was leaking information about the shots no good. It's full of a bunch of junk, which it is. It's full of animal cells, human cells. It's a cocktail to stir up your uh, your uh, metabolic system, your immune system, and it's killing people. And I, I wonder, how many people is too many for you to get killed on the jab? The hospital is lying about why people are dying and they're given given people that are really sick with covid remdesivir which causes their kidneys to fail and other things become sepsis and uh they get 39,000 every time they put somebody on that regimen which is a loser regimen and over and over people like Peter Mac- Peter McCullough who's coming to the covid com is going to explain this entire situation of the the fraud of COVID. But you still have these hospitals and these pharmaceutical companies doing these crazy things. And of course, the pharmaceutical companies, they are not sweating the desk because they're making literally billions of dollars. And even the CEO of some of the companies is making nearly a billion of dollars. This isn't about your health. This isn't about your safety or your well-being. This is about communist control. <clears throat> if it was just a mass thing, you could just say, hey, they just paid off the Congress and, and they're going to sell some vaccines. They're going to sell some flu vaccines this year because these COVID vaccines are doing $25 a piece. Now, you may not have paid it a nickel, but your taxpayer tax dollars are paying for that. Now, I want you to just think about that. $25 a piece times a million, that's... 25 million, right? Times 250 million, that's uh that's a lot of money, right? That's a lot of money. And so the what what these people are saying, like the Pfizer whistleblower said uh she showed documents from her own research on their own website saying we don't want to let the public know about this fetal cell line, aborted fetus cell line. We don't want to let the public know. Why? If you know, To me, what's, if you have the truth, why don't you share the truth? Why would you hold the truth back unless you have something to hide, unless it's really going to damage people, but you're willing to damage people? Now, back in 1976, they damaged the, on a swine flu situation, which probably people got a lot sicker than COVID, the general population. Uh, but they shut the entire vaccination program down. They bought 250 doses, 250 million doses back then. I don't know what they did all with them. But a couple dozen people died nationwide. They shut the whole program down. Well, we got that many people dying every day here. But they'll never, I'm talking about, Dying from the jab, fallout from the jab. So, uh, I mean, we even got the Department of Defense showing leaked Department of Defense document reveals evidence of widespread vaccine failure. 
Do you think that the hospital has any independence? Even Adventist Hospital, which has all this wonderful writing about Jesus and how they're following Jesus and they're doing the right thing because of Jesus and and they're, they're spiritual people. Okay, 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 I got you. But what about this thing right now where you're taking huge amounts of money for, get, for treating people with the wrong products? And so you fool people by saying, Did, let me, let's, let's drop back and do this. You remember when COVID first started and they had the dashboard and every day with new cases? Well, the natural thing to think about new cases were those people are sick, right? When people had the flu, the flu's bad. Everybody's had the flu. But nobody knew, nobody knew what they were saying when they have new cases, new cases, new cases, and they wanted to test as many people as possible because why? Because the PCR test is a piece of crap, and it wouldn't tell the right time of day, and so it was overreacting and causing all these people to think they have COVID. So it's interesting. You know, we went from two days to slow the curve. Then we went to shut down all the schools, all the businesses, have to wear a mask 24 hours a day almost. And um, what else did we do? We had to stand on X's on the floor, humiliating little X's with our little tiny, cute little mask on, covered up our face so people couldn't see your expression or who you really were or see the spirit of God in you because you got this mask on, right? And so now we went from that to, well, we'll give you your freedom back. And the insinuation was no masks, none of all this baloney. We'll give you your freedom back if you'll take the shot. Right. Then we went to, well, it's actually going to take two shots. And then we actually have now got to the place was it's going to take a third shot that's called a booster. And you're going to have to probably take that every so often to keep your immune system humming. That's just that's what they're saying. It's, it's totally nonsense. And now we have Governor Newsom closing down roadways where people can't travel back and forth. There's probably alternative routes, yes, but why would you just arbitrarily cut down road cut off roadways that um, that Californians have paid for? Newsom didn't pay for it. We pay we whatever roadways we have, we built. And so why would you do that? You shut down these thoroughfares. I think that one thoroughfare goes over to Sierra City. I mean, it's just crazy what they're doing. So, the hospitals, Tom Rents at Rents Law, R-E-N-Z, has been talking about that hospitals are killing centers because they were forbidden to give out any other kinds of medication uh, that's what the bosses at the hospital are told. Uh, they're going to lose their 39000 or their 16000 depending on whether the person came in and just need a place to stay 
So anyway, do you know who the the biggest, maybe I mentioned this before, the biggest investors in the, the massive pharmaceutical industry are is your Congress, your fellow congressmen. And they got inside tips, like when they went into a private meeting to talk about the COVID restrictions and what they were going to do to implement this nationwide, no small thing. If you'll notice, the COVID, new COVID rules are involving everything you're involved in. And you have a choice to fight or fold. Fight or fold. So that's the challenge here. Let me see if I can. Okay. So we have uh, Department of Defense things. I think it's going to take too long to do. All right. Leaked Department of Defense document reveals evidence of widespread vaccine failure. What would be a vaccine failure? Person dies. Person gets crippled. Person gets myocarditis. Uh, person gets uh, any kind of stir up with their... Uh, Viruses they already have in their system, like herpes virus, has been a huge outbreak of of, of uh, shingles now. Because the herpes virus, it's in your system, at least not everybody's, but it, it isn't always apparent because it's it's kind of recessive until it gets stirred up. Leaked Department of Defense document reveals evidence of widespread COVID. Widespread vaccine failure. Why? Because they took the jab. And the, regardless of what Dr. Liu was saying, the majority of people going in to get the jab, far, far, not just like 51 to 49. We're talking about 75%. Uh, taking care of this. And, and going into the hospital <clears throat> and dying from, from an injection. That's what's happening in Israel, the most vaccinated country on the planet. And they are having a huge outbreak amongst, because there's something in the shot that's causing this problem. Something in the shot that's causing the problem. All right, so... Uh, don't forget to go to the uh, Yuba County... Republican Central Committee. Don't forget about COVIDCon conference. That should be great. And you'll meet some really cool people there. These people that are they're bringing, and I don't think they even have them all listed. It's going to be really great. So, uh, again, if you need a school, Epic is one. I'm not saying they're the best or they're the. They're made, they're, there's a number of private schools in the area. Grab one. And go support the school, help them. So uh, we're going to call it a day. And thank you for uh, listening. And do do something good out there. Get involved. We're so glad to see so many of you lovely people here tonight. We would especially like to welcome all the representatives of Illinois' law enforcement community who have chosen to join us here in the Palace Hotel Ballroom at this time. We certainly hope you all enjoy the show. And remember, people, that no matter who you are and what you do to live, thrive, and survive, 
sugar to 